The Chargers moved rather quickly, and now they hope to have a solution to their offensive problems. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again. Another day here in Mobile, Alabama, and practice a little bit later today. Our practice reports, trust me, they are coming. We will Once we have football to talk about, there will be practice reports here on this show. I'll give you my thoughts, my big takeaways. But I told you, I promise you, that if anything big happened in the National Football League, uh, we would get to it here on the show. We've got a pretty big story. The Chargers found themselves a new offensive coordinator. We're going to look at it from both perspectives. We're going to look at it from the perspective of the Los Angeles Chargers, who have hired Kellen Moore, and then we're going to look at it from from the perspective of the Dallas Cowboys and where they go from here and why I'd be a little bit worried today if I was a Dallas Cowboys fan. But before we do that, you guys know the drill. I got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online who remain your number one source for all of your sports betting this season, everything from the NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, the UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Just head on over to our website or use our mobile mobile device today to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. And for the Los Angeles Chargers, they were in search of a new offensive coordinator after firing Joe Lombardi after two seasons in working in tandem with Brandon Staley there in Los Angeles. And they very quickly pivoted to the parting of ways that the Cowboys did with Kellen Moore. And I think it's very obvious that the reason why they mutually agreed to part ways is because they were probably looking for a way to move on from Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore very quickly was able to get something worked out with Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers. And okay, sure, we'll agree for you to part ways and you can very quickly pivot into your next venture and so for for Brandon Staley this will now uh, be the uh, second offensive coordinator that he's had in his tenure there as the head coach of uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and they are looking to uh, to rebuild they are looking to uh, bounce back from what from statistically was a disappointing season on offense and uh, and a disappointing theme emerging uh, for that this team and Kellen Moore might be the right person to fix that so we'll dive into all of this here and there's a lot to get into Uh, and look Brandon Staley has now been able to be the head coach and oversee two seasons as the head coach uh, and the manager, the CEO of the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert as his quarterback and as the leader of the Chargers offense. And it's not just Justin Herbert. This team's loaded with talent. Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. You've got staples on the offensive line, including Rayshon Slater. They have what you would describe as the pillars of offense. When we talk about team building, when we talk about making sure that you check all the boxes, we talk about edge, we talk about corner, we talk about quarterback, we talk about left tackle, we talk about wide receiver. And again, that's when you're just looking at building a complete team. You talk about getting that pass rusher to get after the quarterback. You talk about having a quarterback of your own. You talk about having a left tackle to protect that quarterback. Those are the staples. Those are the three things. Well, guess what? If we just look at the offensive side of the ball, if we just look at Justin Herbert and company, they check the boxes you need to check on offense. Quarterback check, Justin Herbert, one of the top five, top four quarterbacks in this league. The top tier, young, gunslinger, can throw it all over the place, boxie, leader, has taken his team back from what appears to be, you know, the brink multiple times. 
He's come through in big-time moments. Again, I, I constantly will remember that Raiders game, that fourth-quarter drive at the end of the 2021 season to force overtime in a game that the Chargers had to have in order to make the playoffs. I was on Justin Herbert, multiple fourth-down fourth conversions on that drive. That's just one that sticks out to me, but there's countless number of examples. I mean, I remember the, the game against, I think it was against the Chiefs. It was on national TV, and he got banged up with, with his, what, was his ribs? And he was able to come back into the game and gut it out. I mean, this guy is a leader. So check. We checked that box. You think we check the wide receiver box? Keenan Allen, top wide receiver. Mike Williams, a top wide receiver. Even if you just want to give one check mark there, they check that box. Left tackle, Rayshon's later. They check the box. They have those three things. They have the quarterback, they can protect the quarterback, and they've surrounded the quarterback with talent in order for them to succeed. So, okay, if we have all of those things, Chris, you must be asking yourself, then what are we doing statistically? How are we doing if we are the Los Angeles Chargers? Well, okay. The first year that Brandon Staley was there in 2021, Joe Lombardi's offense, these are the numbers. Fourth in yards per game, third in passing yards per game, 21st in rushing yards per game, and fifth in points per game. Okay, so we have a little bit of a problem with our running game, but other than that, we're top five in yards, passing yards, and points per game. We're doing pretty good. We're scoring a lot of points. Justin Herbert's leading the way, and we're putting up a lot of yards. We're controlling the ball. We are, as the kids say, cooking on offense. We're doing all the things we need to do. Again, yes, we'd like to improve our running game. We'd like to have more balance, but overall, our first year, Brandon Staley there, offense, oof, we're, we're doing exactly what we are supposed to do when Justin Herbert is our quarterback. So, okay, let's go to 2022. We're going to compare those same numbers. I'll read them in the same order. Ninth in yards per game, third in passing yards per game, 30th in rushing yards per game, and 13th in points per game. Okay, so we've gotten worse in yards per game. We got worse in rushing yards per game, which, by the way, was already pretty bad at 21st. Now it's down to 30th. And instead of being 5th in points per game, we're 13th in points per game. Well, guess what? Those margins are the difference in an AFC that's pretty competitive. In an AFC West that's pretty competitive, those are the margins. And if you get worse running the ball and you don't improve anywhere else, well, yeah, you're going to take a step backwards on offense. And I think the lack of balance, the lack of we cannot put this all on Justin Herbert is what led to this change. They cannot uh, be stuck in mud. And, they again, they were worse on offense in, in some of the, the key areas. So certainly points per game are one, but their rushing attack in terms of having balance, uh, that was dramatically worse. They lost the ability to have balance, and balance is important. Let's just take a look at the four teams that just played in the conference championship games. The Eagles, what do they do? Running the ball is a key component of what they do. Yes, they have Devonta Smith. Yes, they have A.J. Brown. Yes, Jalen Hurts can sling it. But guess what? Miles Sanders is a running threat. Jalen Hurts is a running threat. Those things help them keep balance. You don't have to be a running attack and rush the ball for 150, 200 yards every game, but you need to have a balanced approach. The 49ers, they have a balanced approach. They traded for Christian McCaffrey. Now it's also because of the system and with Brock Purdy that they relied on it, but it got them to a conference championship game. The Bengals, are we going to sit up here and say that the, the fact that they weren't able to run the ball isn't partly the reason why they couldn't, they couldn't put the Chiefs away? I mean, guess what? The running game and the way that they were able to attack the Buffalo Bills is the reason why they went into Buffalo and had the upset. Because entering that game, they're, the, they're in the bottom of the league. I think they're like maybe a little bit above the Chargers. I think they were 28th when I looked. A little bit above the Chargers in terms of being able to run the ball. Guess what? They went into Buffalo and had their best running game of the season, their best rushing performance, and it came at a really key time. You're able to pull that off. Guess what? That allows you to pull off an upset. And so while it wasn't there the entirety of the season, guess what? It mattered to get them to the conference championship. And the Chiefs, it's, they got Patrick Mahomes. They got a little bit of a unicorn, but don't tell me that they don't like to use Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon as part of that backfield to be able to set them up for success. They do. That's an important part of what they do. Andy Reid also likes to have balance. And by balance, I don't mean 50-50. just got to have some teams that are able to respect the run. And when you're 30th in the league and running the football, there's not a lot of respect that goes there. But guess what? 
You pivoted in potentially the best possible fashion. You went out and got Kellen Moore, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. And you know what Kellen Moore did really well in Dallas? Boy, did he run the football well. And guess what? He ran the football well with two running backs. He had Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, and he found a way to get them both involved in the offense. He found a way to get them both carries, both touches, not to, to cool one down and heat one up. Both of them were able to be a part of what they wanted to do offensively and help build their identity to help Dak. Guess what? He's going to have two running backs in Los Angeles. He's going to have Austin Eckler, and I guarantee you this is stock up for Isaiah Spiller. That's going to be their running attack moving forward. They're going to rely on those two guys because you know Kellen Moore likes to use two backs. He is not going to try to work somebody. He's not going to try to run somebody into the ground. He wants to have balance. He wants to, these, these guys to have fresh legs all year long, and he's walking into a situation where he's got a pretty good pass catching back in uh, Austin Eckler, very similar to Tony Pollard, and then Isaiah Spiller. I don't want to make the comparison that he can go on and be a Zeke, but you, when you do the role comparison to what he did in Dallas, yeah, that's probably what he is going to do. And so that's probably music to Chargers fans' ears. You probably love hearing that coming out here on this show, that that's the approach that they might take. I certainly think it's the approach they should take. they gotta find, they got to have bounce. Not that they don't have talent at that position. Austin Eckler, from a pass-catching perspective, one of the best running backs in the league. He can run the football. He's got to be able to use him or got to be able to find some success up front. And here's the other thing that I think is really, really cool about, about Kellen Moore. Over his four seasons as the play caller for the Dallas Cowboys, this is where he ranked. He ranked second in points per game and second in yards per game. So over a four-year sample size, we've got a guy that top two in points per game and top two in yards per game. That's pretty good. And if you're Kellen Moore, this is the definition of a win-win for both Kellen Moore and for the Chargers. Look, this is a guy that probably lost a little bit of luster in terms of the head coaching cycles, right? It was just maybe a year or two ago that we were talking about him as one of the top uh, young coordinators, right? Offensive mind. That was where the league was trending, and you thought, okay, he would get one of these jobs. And he kind of cooled off a little bit. The offense maybe sputtered and didn't play the way they anticipated. I think the, the collapses in the playoffs have been a little suspect, and I don't know how much of that falls on Kellen Moore. We'll get to that in a second when we talk about the Cowboys. But that luster kind of has worn off. And so for, if you're Kellen Moore and you want to get that spotlight back, well, the best way to do it is to work with Justin Herbert, and you're going to be coaching up a pretty good Chargers offense and a pretty good Chargers team, and there's a pretty good chance that you are going to be in the playoffs next season and be sitting pretty to try to make a deep run. And if you can do so with Justin Herbert, uh, it's certainly a quarterback upgrade for Kellen Moore. So, again, you look at it from his perspective, it makes a ton of sense. Now look at it from the Chargers' perspective. Kellen Moore is probably better than any other option that they were going to be able to get at that position. Kellen Moore becomes available, you jump at that opportunity. So it's a win-win for both sides. The Chargers needed somebody, and I don't know how many candidates would have been on the shortlist higher than Kellen Moore. And if you're Kellen Moore, you can get out of Dallas. It kind of felt like you know you were a bit of a scapegoat. Again, that's kind of my big takeaway from this, from the Cowboys' perspective here, is that he's a little bit of a scapegoat. But you get to kind of rehabilitate your image, and you get to rehab it in L.A. with Justin Herbert. It is a good thing for you. Now, very quickly, on the Cowboys' part of this, and they now are going to begin a search for a new offensive coordinator, and this is going to be a very important direction that they need to choose because they're kind of locked in with the Dak Prescott contract. They're kind of locked in to the way that this offense is going to run. They've got some contract things to work out in the offseason. Tony Pollard's a free agent. Uh, Zeke's contract is what it is at this point, and so they need to they, – they, Desperately need more wide receiver help for Dak. They need to figure out what they're doing with the running back room. They also need to get an offensive coordinator, like I mentioned. So a lot of moving parts to this Dallas offense. But it certainly felt as if Mike McCarthy, uh, somebody had to to pay for, somebody had to pay the sins uh, for what happened in the playoffs. And it's two straight seasons, uh, in, and the season ended in a little bit of a, of a major disappointment with the way both of those games ended, and it both happened to be against the 49ers. And so somebody probably had to be the sca scapegoat. Somebody had to pay the price. And, I mean, Mike McCarthy cleaned house on both sides of the ball a lot of a lot of coaching overhaul there and again when you do something like that it puts you square in the hot seat but if you are the Dallas Cowboys you have to get this higher right 
because you need to find somebody that's going to be able to maximize Dak. And maybe Kellen Moore got the most out of Dak that anyone's going to get out of Dak. But that is going to be the ticket to the way the Cowboys are going to succeed in 2023 and beyond. They have to be able to get more out of Dak and more out of this offense, and that's going to be their ticket. I think Mike McCarthy's probably on the hot seat. I mean, he has made the playoffs each of the last two seasons, but it's it's important to know how those season ended. It's important to know who the owner of the team is. Jerry Jones does like to make a splash, and he's not going to accept, I think, this run. I think he looks, looks at this team as a championship caliber team with a championship caliber window. And so they are going to have to find a way to break through in this window. And are they going to be able to do it with Mike McCarthy? That's That question is going to left to be answered here in 2023 once they are able to set up this new coaching staff that they're going to put together. But you certainly think he's going to be squarely on the hot seat entering the season because he's fired all the, the, the assistants, fired a lot of these coaches, and so now the blame is going to be be sorely on him at this point, and I certainly think there could be an opportunity. Sean Payton maybe doesn't take a coaching gig next season, and I think he's a free agent after 2023. Uh, you don't think if he sits out another season, then all of a sudden if Dallas doesn't turn out the way that, that they expect it to, they move on from Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton's available. That certainly appears to be a realistic possibility, certainly uh, even more so if Sean Payton does return to Fox and doesn't take any of the opening jobs. And where are we at at this point? We know the Panthers are going to hire, and they have hired Frank Reich. The Cardinals have done some interviews. Denver it got turned down by D'Amico Ryans, it looks like. D'Amico Ryans is probably going to be the next Houston head coach. So not a lot of options left here, and so it certainly looks as if Sean Payton was going to return to TV, and then I think that opens the door uh, to continue those rumors of him replacing Mike McCarthy there in Dallas for 2023. So if you're a Cowboys fan, somebody probably had to had to go uh, for the way the season ended, and and more so just for the last couple of seasons. But boy, this is a window here that you have with Dak Prescott, and you got to be able to do more than what you have with it. And and I don't know necessarily the easiest way out, but. That's going to be up to Mike McCarthy, uh, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones and company. They're going to have to be able to piece all this together because the NFC East is not going away. The Eagles are playing in the Super Bowl. The Commanders, they're probably a quarterback away for being able to give you a hard time two times a year. And we know what the Giants are. Brian Dable is always going to have that team playing hard. They appear to be content with their core of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. If they can get better in other areas and really be able to support those two gentlemen on offense, they're going to be a tough out as well. So they've really got to, they got to pick this up because if they don't capitalize in the next year or two, this is going to be a completely missed opportunity, a completely missed window. So they got to get it right with the offensive coordinator hire, and then you can start evaluating from there of what potential moves they could have in free agency. So love the move for the Chargers. Understand the move a little bit for the Cowboys, but now where they go from here is even going to be more important than this decision. And, you know, it's not easy. It's not always, you don't always get the, the guy that you think you want for the job, right? Just because you have somebody circled as your top candidate doesn't mean they choose you, right? It's a whole process that has to, uh, has to take place. And so the Cowboys are going to jump in the search, and they're going to try to find themselves a new offensive coordinator. It's going to do it for us here on the Tuesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Appreciate you making this show a part of your day, rating, reviewing, subscribing, following along. And we got Senior Bowl coverage for you here over at the Draft Network all week long here on this podcast, Draft Dudes, the social account, the YouTube channel, the website. I mean, we've got it all for you all week. So if you're, if you're just as excited as we are about the Senior Bowl and you're excited to dive into some of these players and dive into uh, these players competing, uh, it starts today, and we're, I'm very much looking forward to getting out of there, out there to practice later today and then talking to you all about it here over the next couple of days. Thanks, as always, to Ben Online for their continued support of the podcast. Everybody make it a great rest of your Tuesday. I will talk to you all tomorrow.